So Jesus came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to Jesus, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of water of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well, and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come back. The woman answered him, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, You are right in saying, I have no husband, for you've had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you've said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I see that you're a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father seeks such as these to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who's speaking to you. Just then, his disciples came. They were astonished that Jesus was speaking with a woman, but no one said, what do you want? Or why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. She said to the people there, come and see a man who told me everything I have ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? They, the people from the city, left and were on their way to Jesus. Many Samaritans from that city believed in Jesus because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I had ever done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked Jesus to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. The Gospel of the Lord. timing of 
the lectionary, and our assigned readings for the third Sunday of Lent don't always have Jesus run into the woman at the well just after International Women's Day on March 8th. But when that happens, I think a preacher and his people are called to take notice and to connect some dots for a change. The internet and social media make International Women's Day more notable and more noticeable than it used to be, at least for me. According to Wikipedia, the holiday, if that's what it's called, <laughs> is about raising awareness and concern and calls to action around issues like gender equity, reproductive rights, and violence against women. And I learned that the occasion had its modern-day beginnings, thanks to the Socialist Party of America as early as 1909, in support of striking garment workers, those darn socialists. And it grew over the years until it became official as a global event thanks to the United Nations in 1977, and probably thanks to a whole lot of darned feminists, too. But I wondered this week if, had everyone been paying more faithful attention to Jesus all along, maybe the seed of International Women's Day might have been planted at a well in a Samaritan city called Sikhar near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph, as John's gospel reports things way back in chapter 4. See, there are some things to be learned from, and there is some common ground to be found where gender equality, reproductive rights, and violence against women are concerned, both where International Women's Day matters in the world these days and why it might have mattered to Jesus and the Samaritan woman at a well outside of Samaria if there had been words for it in their day. So first, it is safe to assume, and it is important to say, that it was most likely a robust culture of sexist, misogynistic patriarchy that caused the woman at the well this morning to have been married five times. That it wasn't, probably, any sinful, shameful fault of her own, I mean. For instance, she was likely married off as a very young girl. She could have been left by her first husband because he'd found another wife, or two, or three, or more. She could have been kicked to the curb by another husband because she was unable to have children. She might have been widowed by a third husband and then forced to marry his brother. Such were the rules and laws and expectations of her day and age, the biblical view of marriage, some might say. And not only would Jesus have been very aware of all of this, but it appears he was more sympathetic than he was judgmental about his new friend's situation than anyone would have expected herself included. Well, did you know that there are more than 250 million women alive today who were married before their 15th birthday? 
many against their will as if a 14-year-old would, could, or should in most cultures know what it means to want to be married. And some say 10 million more girls are at risk of becoming child brides by the year of 2030. And we can pretend this is something that happens in far-off lands or by flawed religious, cultural, political persuasions other than our own, but there are 20 states in the United States with no minimum age restrictions on marriage as long as a parent or a judge signs off on it. According to the World Health Organization, about one in three women will experience some kind of physical or sexual abuse in their lifetime. According to the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence, one in seven women, compared to one in 25 men, have been physically injured by an intimate partner. One in 10 women have been raped by their partner. 96% of murder-suicide victims involving an intimate partner are women. All of that reminds me of another woman without a name, caught in adultery and brought before Jesus by a bunch of men a few chapters later in John's Gospel. They wanted to stone her to death as the law would allow and as their worldview might prefer, but Jesus convinced them otherwise. He saves her life. He shows them all a different, better way of grace. The Global Gender Gap Report for 2021 found that at the current rate, it will take another 135 years, give or take, for women to achieve economic and political equity with men around the globe. And again, we can pretend that it's other people in other less advanced, less civilized places that are dragging that average down, but according to the Pew Research Center in the United States just last year, women earned an average of 82% of what men earned. And that has been relatively stable for the past two decades. We've still never had a female president in our country. Less than 30% of the House of Representatives is women, even though women make up a majority, statistically, of our population. And even though we're told this morning that many Samaritans from Sikar believed in Jesus because of what they learned from that woman at the well in John's Gospel, and even though we know that a woman named Mary Magdalene was the first person ever in all of history entrusted with the good news of Jesus' resurrection and God's gospel after Easter morning, there are still churches around the world and in our very own neighborhood that don't allow women to preach in their pulpits or lead their congregations in any significant, meaningful way. All of this matters for the women and girls in our life. All of this matters for the men and the boys in our life, too. And all of it matters on International Women's Day and on every day that is not also International Women's Day. The bottom line of it all 
is that Jesus sees value in people others do not, including and especially women today. And so should we. Jesus gives ministry away to those that the world refuses to, including and especially women today, and we should too. Jesus challenges the status quo always for the sake of justice and mercy and love, including and especially for women today, and so should we. And today, Jesus goes out of his way to do all of this for a woman who doesn't even get the dignity of a name in John's gospel, even though the inanimate object of a well gets a name in John's gospel. So maybe today we can see this woman and call her by the name of the women we know and love and respect and regard. Our wives, our sisters, our mothers, our daughters, our friends, until all women and every girl are seen as wholly loved by and created fully in the image of the God of all creation. Amen.